This is Meet My Followers, episode number 40 for September 29th, 2010. I am your host, Kate Dworkin, and this is the podcast where I interview my actual Twitter followers. Today's guest is Jana Knapp, at JL Knapp. And I need to take an extra special moment to thank this show's sponsor, Solvate. Solvate is actively building the premier on-demand workforce so please, if you're a consultant, freelancer, or contractor, come join me. Try out the platform by heading over to Solvate.com today. Get in their new Solvate talent engine. It's really solid, and I'm excited with the changes that are occurring on that platform. So check them out. That's Solvate.com. Today's guest is one of the folks here in Phoenix who is part of my Arizona family. So uh, I always look forward to hanging out and catching up with Jana Knapp. Jana, thank you for coming on the show. I'm glad to be here. So, you know, you've been one of the big supporters of the show, and you've probably downloaded more episodes than, than I care to know about. But that being the case, <laughs> I will open with the standard uh, opening of Who Are You? All right. I am Jana Knapp. That is JL Knapp on Twitter. Uh, I have a day job, which is a company called Village. That I've been working at for almost a year now to develop the program and product. And at the beginning of September, we just came out of beta. So now my job is to teach people how to identify, build, and progress all of the relationships in their lives. And we do that through an education component and a online software piece and then some networking groups that we've started here in Phoenix. So that's what I get paid for. Um, but honestly, the majority of my life is pretty much taken up with some of the nonprofit pursuits that I have out there. Um, one which is probably going to be very familiar to anybody who's listened to the show previously mm-hmm. is Ignite Phoenix. I am the sponsorship wrangler for Ignite Phoenix. Uh, and I also sit on the board of the backing organization for Ignite Phoenix, which is the Phoenix Innovation Foundation, and spend a lot of my time working with that. And then I also am kind of peripherally involved with TEDx Phoenix. And then I sit on the board of the Arizona Epilepsy Foundation and spend a lot of time bringing them into new technology and helping them raise money. On top of all of that, um, I'm a wife and a mother and a herder of clumber spaniels. And at some point in time, I do remember to sleep. Yeah, every once in a while you will get there. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, obviously a lot of different things going on, but, uh, the stuff that, that, uh, you and I have always kind of connected on is the, uh, the, the nonprofit stuff, um, you know, away from just our general friendship, but no, I mean, you know, that's a really interesting spot. And, and, uh, how did you end up getting involved with all these different nonprofits? Was it, Hey, you made a conscious choice that, that, you know, you wanted to help these organizations or is it just your general helpful nature that, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of led you down that path. Um, my background in my original career, um, now that I'm on my second one, but my first career was in nonprofit fundraising. So I've spent a lot of time working with a number of nonprofit organizations. I came out of college with this idea that we could change the world. And at some point I realized, no, it's really much easier just to change your corner of it. And I've spent a lot of time trying to do that. The way I got involved in the ones I'm currently involved with is, is a little over a year ago, I went to Ignite Phoenix 4, mm-hmm. completely fell in love with it, was one of the most, yeah, we'll be sappy here, transformational nights of my life. 
And everything from there on out changed. And I walked away from that saying, I have to get involved with these people. I have to be a part of this. And so I sat down with them. I went to their next big open volunteer meeting and they talked about the need for help with fundraising. And I'm like, well, how much money do you guys need to raise? And they told me and I laughed at them. Um, so that automatically put me in charge of fundraising. <laughs> and, and, Note to and self. you laughed because of the small dollar amount that they were looking yeah, for? Yeah, it's, okay. it's ridiculously small amount of money to put on the Ignite in terms of what you get out of it. It's like five grand. Sure. Okay. And, you know, I was a major gift fundraiser. My budget was three and a half million dollars. Raising five grand was not a big deal. So um, I kind of got involved with that. Yeah, well within. And so that was that was how that started. And then I got into PIF uh, because of that and wanting to see how how we could apply that knowledge to other organizations out there, or other events that don't have that kind of knowledge. I mean, people are so uncomfortable asking other people for money, yeah. um, particularly when they're not getting anything back for it. It's much easier to sell a product than it is to sell a happy, warm, fuzzy feeling. And so... I got involved with that, and we're trying to make sure that all of the organizations here in town have the ability to put on a stellar event by just being able to focus on their event and leaving the back-end logistics to us. Mm -hmm. I kind of fell into TEDx Phoenix because of a really great guy, uh, Tomas Carrillo, mm -hmm. who, I was, who I worked with briefly at Red Pair, which is the parent organization of Village, who I work for. Tomas is fantastic um, and has really taken TEDx to an incredibly new level. Uh, it's been traveling to cities, so there's been recently a TEDx Tempe, but they're all organized by him and uh, his lovely fiance, Warda, and it's just an incredible experience, so really pleased to be a part of that. And the Epilepsy Foundation I got to be a part of because my four-year-old nephew was diagnosed with epilepsy when he was nine months old. And Porter is a very, very rare case of epilepsy. Um, it's much, much more severe than what you normally see. And so I have watched him grow up through brain surgery struggles and vagus nerve stimulator being surgery and teeth having to be replaced because of seizures and all of these things. And ultimately what came out of that this summer is that Porter isn't going to make it much past his 10th or 11th birthday. His body just won't handle it. And we're going to lose him. And there's nothing I can do about that. And at, at heart, I'm a fixer. That's what I do is I fix things. I make things better. Um, well, usually. And usually, but I can't do anything about this. And so I turned around and I looked at the Epilepsy Foundation and I said, okay, how do we make this easier for people out there who don't have the kind of support system that my family is lucky enough to have? We're all very close. We've got great friends. We have great support through various places, our jobs, all of that. A lot of people don't have that, and so what they have is the Epilepsy Foundation. And so you turn around and you say, okay, we've got it pretty good. How do we make it better for everybody else? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it, 
all these groups and, and the things that you're involved in, it, it's always amazing to me. Um, and, and especially, you know, the epilepsy foundation and the fact that that is hitting so close to your family is something that, uh, you know, I've, I've always been more interested in than I think you and I have even talked about in private. So, you know, to sit there and see you doing that, uh, you, you should just, you know, thank you on behalf of those families, even though it hasn't affected my own. I definitely respect your efforts. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, lots of different stuff to, to potentially talk about here, right? I mean, you know, it, it's one of these things where I, I actually have a paradox of choice because I know that we can only talk about so much. But let's talk about, uh, you know, PIF a little bit more because I know that you're working fairly close with Jeff Moriarty to get the uh, federal – 501c3 wrangling done. <laughs> yes. Uh, we just had a meeting this morning about it. Oh, phenomenal. So we're getting a little bit of news then. I mean, has that proceeded any further down the line or are you guys uh, still fighting with the IRS? We are uh, still fighting with the IRS, and I use the term fighting very loosely. Um, you guys are sparring at this point. No, no well, blood. No, no blood. Um, working with the federal government is always a challenge in trying to get, you know, bureaucratic paperwork done. But on top of that, a couple of years ago, there were some laws that got passed to tighten up the rules and regulations around nonprofits. And part of that was with the Patriot Act, and part of that was just general, it, the system had been abused, all that. So it's a very complex process now, which was a complicated process before, but it's gotten worse. And when you're looking at an organization that handles money for non-incorporated entities, they kind of look at that and they go, hmm, yeah. are you guys planning on laundering money? And we go, no. And they say, prove it. So that's always an interesting challenge is to make sure that we have all of our procedures in place that they're comfortable with, that we're comfortable with, and ultimately benefits the organizations that we work with as well as the donors to those organizations. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it, it's you're trying to set it all up to enable these events to go on, and that's it's hard for someone who isn't a part of the, the Phoenix internet community to see all the good that you guys are doing and that you're going to try and house underneath this one single extra organization. And um, so, you know, it's, it's one where I wish that they could talk with some of us who are members of the community and see all that value uh, and would benefit the most from it. I think we're doing pretty well, so hopefully this will be our last round of questions that we have to go through with them. I think things are getting down to the minutiae, um, and we should be done with this process, hopefully for time for a big party right around Christmas. That would be a, a, a great a great achievement to have, and, and I know that it's been almost a year since you guys started the process, so it, to sit there and have it finished and start 2011 as its own organization would be massive, to say the least. Definitely, and there will be a couple of bottles of scotch cracked that night. Which is actually going to was going to be the next topic that I was going to bring up, anyways. <laughs> was your your personal? I guess I'll say taste towards scotch. Mm -hmm. This is something that you know caught me off guard when I saw it the first time that uh, you and I hung out. When actually you had, I think, had shipped a. The kid and the husband and the dog out into the woods to let them go and, and camp and be that. And I decided to play the role of your designated driver for the night. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, so how did this you know interest in scotch get started? <laughs> and like, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, I can blame my father for that. My dad is a scotch drinker and was a scotch drinker growing up. So I at least had the benefit of growing up knowing what the stuff smells like, which is mm-hmm. what a lot of people have the hardest time getting over. But the other piece of it is my dad and I disagree about scotch. He drinks blended stuff and of a lower tier than I would drink, whereas I got kind of snooty and am drinking nothing but the really great single malts, 12-year, 18-year, and if I can get it, a really decent 25-year. Okay. Um, I there's so many smells and different tastes and every bottle is different because it is a single malt scotch. And so you never know exactly what you're going to get. And I re- oddly enough, I really enjoy uh, sitting down with a very good glass of scotch and a very nice cigar. Also something you don't normally hear from people like me. I get it. Yes, that is that, but that's the fun <laughs> part of it. Right. And, and one of the people that, uh, I've actually heard, or I may have even seen it at one point, that you brought a bottle of scotch to is Evo Terra. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's one of these guys who will eventually get on the show. I'm actually hoping to probably speak with him sometime soon about that. But, I mean, Evo's, Evo's a, a great guy and very much into his alcohol as well. I mean, so how did that kind of camaraderie regarding scotch start up between the two of you? Well, okay, so I didn't really, this all comes back to almost a year ago. I didn't really know Evo and Jeff, and when I started getting interested in Ignite Phoenix and seeing what else was out there in the Phoenix internet kind of community, I ended up at Social Media Club. And so I was getting to know Evo and Jeff through that, as well as getting to know Jeff through Ignite and other things. And Evo just seemed like a great guy, but kind of a tough nut to crack in terms (laughs) of really building a good, you know, camaraderie relationship with him. Um, And so he made mention online one night about Scotch. And so we're going back and forth about Twitter, about Scotch and what have you. And so one night at an EVFN, I show up with a bottle of Scotch for Evo. If for no other reason than he will never, ever, ever forget who I am. Uh, and he hasn't since then, and we've developed that a great friendship. Is brilliant. I did not know that was the, the motivation behind <laughs> it. I knew that it would happen, and I knew there was some joking on Twitter, and, and I, I didn't understand the full context of you use this as a marketing play to get in his mind. That's brilliant. I- Well, you spend a lot of your time creating relationships online and building communities. All of my career and my life is about building relationships in real life. That's what nonprofit fundraisers do, and it's just who I am. It's what I'm set up for. And so when you have a tough nut to crack, you find the one little thing that will automatically, A, put you in good graces, B, make you unforgettable, and C, be kind of entertaining for everybody else. You drop off a bottle of scotch for Evo, who then proceeds to drink most of it that night. Uh, On location in a group of, I think it was probably, that was at uh, Whole Foods, was it not? No, it was at an EVFN up at 5 Studios, uh, 5C Studios in downtown Tempe. Tempe. Yeah. And that night, I was also at the same (laughs) time working at the Discworld conference, the first Discworld conference that Terry Pratchett, who is my favorite author of all time, 
was at, and Eva was showing up later at that conference that night because Jack Mangan was uh, doing a panel that night. Okay. Uh, which is also how I met Jack. There's a lot of weird interconnectedness. It's great. So, yeah, he showed up drunk that night, mostly from that bottle of scotch. It was a trip. Well, you know, that's, that's, but that's just it, right? And in and, and, and building these relationships, opportunities come up, and you've always been someone who has more often than not taken them. And so that's something that I've always enjoyed watching you, especially when your schedule is completely slam-packed full of all the stuff <laughs> that you're involved in, and you still say yes to people, and then you still complete it, which is always the scary part. <laughs> so... I and I still managed to get more sleep than I ever anticipated. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. That's Yeah. Hey, it's, it's a testament to your ability to simply execute on things, which is something that I wish uh, that uh, I had even more in my life. And I do it pretty well. So that's that's saying something if you're above my level. So <laughs> I don't know about that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you and I can fight about that one offline. But hey, uh, you know, you obviously listen to a lot of the shows, and uh, you know kind of what the final question is, and that is, who are some of the people on Twitter or just out there on the social web whose content you enjoy consuming? I've got a couple. Um, Amy Thibodeau, who is a woman I met who came to Ignite Phoenix at the Art Museum, so that was, what, se seven? Seven. Seven, okay. And she is one of the original organizers of Ignite London. Oh, wow. But she and her partner took a year off to go travel the world. So that's what they're doing. And they're spending a couple of months in various places. Uh, I think her newest one is Australia. And then they're going to Japan. So it's kind of fun watching her travel the world with some really fantastic photography. She also writes about missed connections on Craigslist in a blog, which is hilarious. Um, so there's some good stuff there. There's Susan Beyer, who I believe you know. Mm -hmm. Susan is a truly amazing woman. And I've I adore her. She is incredibly smart in her space around audience segmentation. She is incredibly smart as a businesswoman, and she is one of the few people I know who could probably carry on a three-hour conversation in nothing but Monty Python quotes. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting person to sit across the table from. <laughs> Susan and I met through Twitter, actually, uh, for that same conference, the Discworld conference, I needed a ball gown. I don't own a ball gown. <laughs> I put out there if anybody knew where I could rent one. And Susan, out of nowhere, says, well, it depends on what size you are, but I have a whole closet full because her husband's a military guy and they do the Marine Corps ball every year. Ah. So we showed up at an East Valley Thursday morning group out at Liberty Market. She shows up with a trunk full of ball gowns and says, here, try them all on. Let me know what you like. We'd never really talked before. The woman's handing me her entire closet of ball gowns. So she's just amazing. Uh, and then Ogden Hughes. Ogden Hughes, who is uh, Kothalia on Twitter, who is a partner in crime at Ignite Phoenix, but also is an amazing woman in general with a wicked sense of humor and is the best project manager I have ever run across. That's that's that's, so. a, that's a real testament to uh, her ability to uh, manage things. If you know you've worked in the nonprofit space and all of all these different events and things, and and even you know several companies through the through the years, and she's the absolute best. That's that's a huge. Uh, if if I were her, I'd be stealing that for a resume. Quote. <laughs> her and. 
and Dave Bjorn, Bully Bully32 on Twitter, are some of the best in town. And if you ever get a chance to work with either of them, take it. Really, really competent, capable people who will not steer you wrong. And then I think I had one more. Um, Ninky, N-I-N-K-Y, okay. which is Nina Miller. She's a friend of mine. We went to college together when she went to college the first time. I think she's on her third time through at this point. <laughs> uh, we were in the theater program together at ASU. She works fairly high up inside the administration in ASU, so it's always interesting to get insights into what's going on there, what is going on in the larger realm of education in general, which I'm marginally fascinated with, as well as she is a regular improv performer for the Torch Theater. And so that gives me that little glimpse into the theater world that I occasionally miss and don't get to do much. Gotcha. Well, that's a great list of people. I mean, thank you for you know pointing all of them out. And, and uh, as always, they will be in the show notes uh, over on the Meet My Followers website. Jana, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Glad to do it. Well, that pretty much finishes up this episode of Meet My Followers. I hope that you enjoyed meeting Jana. Please follow her on Twitter. That's at JLNAP. Also, take note of the things that she and the entire uh, Phoenix Innovation Foundation are doing. Uh, things like Ignite Phoenix Number 8, which is coming up in just about uh, three weeks' time. Uh, if you are in the Phoenix area, by all means, buy a ticket, come out, support the community. Um, and uh, short of me being shipped out to Vegas for Blog World Expo, I actually will be there. So if, if uh, you know what, I haven't met you yet, but you are here, please, by all means, come out to the event and uh, shake my hand because I would love to meet you. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, go out there and have a great day.